Welcome to Seeds, a new documentary podcast series. I'm one of your hosts, Bilal Qureshi. I'm a radio producer and journalist in Washington, D.C. And I'm Marissa Masria-Katz. I live in New York, and I write about the intersection of culture and conflict. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Bilal. And we need to add that this is our very first episode as a duo, and this series is inspired by over 25 years of work by the organization Seeds of Peace. They've been mentoring young leaders in conflict zones around the world for years. And for this series, we're going to meet some of those young people. Most of them have grown up in tumultuous societies that have been at war and in strife, but their own work focuses on leading and making change. And in this podcast, you're going to hear their stories about how they became entrepreneurs, innovators, and creators, how they became seeds. And that trip starts now. Today, for our first episode, we have the story of a new song written across one of the world's greatest divides. Bilal, this song is called The Wake Up Song, and it was written by an Israeli and a Palestinian at an artist retreat in the desert last summer. It's pretty fair to say it's pretty infectious, isn't it? It is one of the most infectious songs I've heard in a very long time. So it's a new song, and Marissa, tell me, who are the singers that we're hearing? Who are these guys? So we have pretty much the darlings of their respective fields. So we have a Palestinian rapper named Saz, and then we have the indie darling, Sun Taylor. And both of them are really not just rising stars, they're actual stars um, within Israel. And actually, they also travel all around the world performing, and they're getting a lot of attention that way as well. So we have an indie folk musician from Israel and a Palestinian rapper, and the song is The Wake Up Song. That's right. And, and I'm... I'm sure anybody who listens to it is going to fall in love. But even more than that, the story of how it was made is actually just as interesting as the song itself. And so, Marissa, you went to meet both Sun and Saz, the the two singers who we're hearing and the musicians who made the song. And tell me about why you wanted to find out the backstory of, of what happened here. I mean, is it a very unique collaboration? Well, I mean, when you listen to the song, you hear this beautiful blend of Hebrew and Arabic. There is a prayer-like feeling to it at the beginning. In fact, as you'll see, I discover what it actually was, which in fact is a prayer that opens up the song. And so you you feel as though there's some history and meaning here and you know as an outsider i wanted to know how did this even come together because it just first of all they just seem like such different artists right and so i wanted to know what made that moment happen where they collaborated in this way yeah and so for the story you actually went to israel and i'd love to know about your trip to to tell us about how you started your journey Right, so my very first stop was to the Arab port city of Jaffa to meet the musician's son, Taylor, who his name is actually Arnon Naor, but you know, everybody calls him son. So he's this, indie, he's this indie folk darling that you were describing. Yeah, he lives in this old Arab neighborhood where you can still hear the muezzin you know, five times a day. 
had the chance to meet Sun just as the sun was setting and the final call of prayer was coming through. This is the only place in Tel Aviv where you get both uh, Jewish Israelis and Palestinian Arabs living side by side in the same building, in the same block. So you get like the, say the, the old guard with their sort of um, differences and you have the younger generation with their new opinions and their, their new genders and identities, whatever. So it's becoming even a more complex mishmash of, uh, of identities and situations than it was before and it, it was already pretty complex. We walked into his house, which is down this dark corridor behind these steel gates. Come on in. And, you know, you step inside his studio, and it's also a mishmash of instruments that are hanging on his walls that, are, that he's collected while performing around the world. It's always acoustic instruments. Th those are always the things that got, really get me, like musically. So I collect whatever I can from, like, wherever in the world that's uh, really, really folky. So this, this little thing, this is a harmonium. Kind of like the first synth, really. Um, and I've got my little mandolin. So my grandma gave me a mandolin when I was about eight years old, but I never learned how to play it. She passed away, sadly, like seven years ago. I'm sure she would be really happy to know that I play mandolin almost on a daily basis. Sun's music is really known for this kind of rich instrumentation. He's got this meditative sound that's really filled with undulating guitar riffs and, and almost whisper-like verses. I saw you last night You know, these kinds of traits are the things that have really skyrocketed and launched this career of his. And interestingly, you know, not that far away, you'll hear a very different kind of musician. Marissa, who we're hearing here is the other voice in this song. Um, Saz is, is, as you said earlier, one of the most famous Palestinian rappers. Yeah, interestingly enough, I've 
actually watched Saz's career skyrocket in Israel. I met him over a decade ago and saw him on these small stages in South Tel Aviv. And now he's, you know, he's really taken on a new kind of stardom. He's in films, his music is played all over the world. And I think that Saz is really talking to a young generation in Israel in ways that other musicians just aren't. I mean, this stuff is really, this is really fun, but it is quite different from Sam Taylor's sort of more indie meditative sound that you describe. Um, but you said they don't live very far from each other. So then you also went to, went to his studio as well. Right, so I visited Saz on two occasions. First, I went to go see where his hometown is, which is this place called Ramle. Right now, we are in Hard uh, Jamal. It means the camel neighborhood, one of the oldest neighborhoods in Ramle, and the main neighborhoods in Ramle. And most of the Arab community, Palestinian community, lives here. You have more than 12,000 Palestinians live here. But there's some Jewish families over here, and even a synagogue. Um, on our left hand, we have the church, Orthodox uh, Church. It's really an old city. It was actually once the seat of government for Palestine. And, and now it's, while it's pockmarked with these beautiful antiquities, um, it's been neglected by the municipality for years. Assalamu alaikum wa habibi. Sas tells me he's really inspired by the architecture and the history. But he says what really fuels his music is the heady friction that comes from today's mix of cultures here. That's what inspired me, honestly, like just walking here in the street and uh, seeing people, meeting people, just being around here just gave me a lot of wisdom, I think, even, and experience. And it gave me a lot of ideas for making new songs. He's always been very open to these influences. He raps in Hebrew and his family's Arabic. There's an electric and upbeat mix in his sound, but Saz is not blind to the political reality of being a Palestinian living in Israel. You have to know, especially in conflict zones and in conflict a region like we have for more than 70 years, you just cannot say, okay, um, I'm just doing music uh, because I love it. It's all good. But it, of course, everything affects everything. Um, and I think um, for me as an artist, as an actor too, it's just helped me a lot to deal with my life, with, uh, with the conflict that I'm living in. And of course, be really one of living in, in between worlds in Palestine and Israel, having family in both sides. So for me, without art and music, I'll just be that. Sun Taylor, the Israeli folk singer, is exactly the same. Like Saz, he says that in a conflict zone like this one, Music is one way to keep people talking and moving towards a peaceful solution. Art and music can serve in that capacity as a hack, as a way to kind of like create a safe space for communication that's beyond identity, beyond politics, beyond 
like Jewish or Arab, beyond the, the whatever wall there is to be put. Because it, it goes beyond those things. I mean, music specifically, it goes beyond identity. We all, we are all moved by music. And so I think in, in a time of crisis, in a time of conflict, and we are always in this region in a time of crisis and conflict, then it can serve to do exactly that, to go beyond those walls and to kind of like hack away the differences to create collaborations where none could have existed in a, in a political sense or in a national sense. But to create collaborations of art. This light on this light on Last year, they were able to put those ideas into practice. They were both invited for a five-day retreat organized by Seeds of Peace in Israel's Negev Desert. Summers are scorching in Israel's Negev Desert. The nearly 5,000 miles of jagged rocks and plunging valleys are one of the few landscapes remaining here that still feel biblical. It was a perfect setting for a break. Both musicians are always on the lookout for moments where they can grow and dream up new songs. And for Saz, that means stepping outside his everyday routines and giving him the much-needed space to think and create. When you kind of get out of the bubble that you live in every day, and you have this space and, 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 and you have this um, opportunity to use your time for only music and only create, sometimes it's just happened by chance, by accident. I didn't go. I didn't go there with a purpose of making a song. I just went there to kind of uh, make make music with myself, like with my body, my soul. And I was fasting. I was like really into the mood. And it's just I think a retreat just gave us the opportunity that in in, in every day in our life we don't really have the chance to do it. Yeah. The pressure that we live in, the whole thing that it's not really give us the freedom to create. And for both of them, the retreat was a chance to jam with someone with a different sound. Again, here's Sun Taylor. I know, I've known Saz before the retreat, but we never really thought about collaborating together. I mean, he comes from a very, very different artistic world and creative world than I do. So it was never like a natural sort of artistic connection. But then we got a chance to spend time together, share a space together, and both be in a kind of like in an intentioned creator uh, mood and for me that was a beautiful experience to be in such a position and, and com with, uh, without any any kind of um, set direction or set stances or even like set tools we kind of had to make our own tools I had to okay so uh, I, I need a microphone so let's go to that guy and ask him for the microphone because I didn't have a microphone and, uh, can you play the book okay great it was a very sort of happenstance situation I never work like that I'm much more kind of like a, um, organized a, a chaos creator but just that week was enough to bridge that divide and make a new piece of music Sun remembers when it all happened we were sat in this uh, in this uh, big uh, big hangar and we were jamming uh, it was me and a bunch of other people and then Saz came in, all in, with his white galabia, all dressed like a, like a sultan. And he sat down with us, and it's just something about his presence was so majestic, and uh, and it, it really changed the vibe of the room. And 
in between uh, in between songs or jams or whatever you want to call it um, he just started singing all of a sudden he started singing this 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 mantra and he said he sang it out of time it was like a cappella just kind of like long notes and I kind of heard that and, and I just had I, and I heard this kind of groove going uh, I mean, we just in the pause between um, between like musical bits that we're jamming on, he starts singing this a cappella, basically the Ramadan uh, call to pair. And it's it's I mean I, I I live in Jaffa, so I hear the Ramadan call to pair, and I hear the Muazin almost every day, maybe even a few times a day, depends on how much I'm in tune. But to have it there right in front of me with Saz, all dressed up to the microphone. It immediately caused like an inspirational moment, and I started like uh, hearing a rhythm in my head while he was singing, and that—that's the birth of the song, and that's obviously a moment I'll never forget. Hala. So Marissa, we're right back to that song that we started this episode with. This is the wake-up song, right? This is the way it came to be out there in the desert. Yeah, this is a song that asks its listeners to wake up now, change the situation. Even when it's cold, they're singing. It's not cold. Don't fear it all. Bruce, I was wondering, you know, I mean, in the retreat like this, they can clearly come together, make a piece of music, you know, respond to each other outside of the realities of their neighborhoods that you took us to. I mean, how sustainable is this kind of friendship? Are these two still meeting each other? Do they still hang out? Were you able to see them together? Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys are still fine-tuning the song, and I have to tell you, I think they're loving that process. And when I was there, I actually had a chance to sit with no, them and no, you hear them no. riff yalla 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 jello hatlak qahwa bsharafa kafe wa tay they greeted each other with huge hugs and they sat down they had arabic coffee and they recreated the moment when the song kind of erupted wahid al-dayn ishayan asan wahid ar-rahman ishayan Because it actually sounded to me, you know, from, from an outside perspective, it sort of sounded like this song just came and filled the room. Um, and it was like totally spontaneous. It wasn't planned. And that was really beautiful. And I think it really comes through when you hear the song. Marissa, you've written so much about art and culture and conflict, and, and, and you write about the intersection of global crises and, and the way that artists make their work and, and define their practice in that environment. I wanted to ask you, I mean, you know, you having seen this process with this song, with San and Saz, is it cheesy or did it, does it seem like it's actually something that, you know, given all that's happening, can still make this kind of positive contribution? I think what's really important here is that these two men were in dialogue with one another and they were making music, but they were talking. And I think we need that more than ever. And so I I really feel positive about this kind of 
piece that they created in so much as I feel like it represents a lot of possibilities. And it's just really important to me to see and to hear that things like this continue to happen. Otherwise, it just feels like nobody's talking to each other. So I believe that it's risky in many ways what they're doing, but both of them seem very committed to it. And it's, it's very promising to see. Marissa, thank you so much for taking us on this trip to Israel with you. It's a really interesting story of these two guys and, and, and that you found that they're, they're planning to continue is, is even more, I think, heartening. It's been an absolute pleasure to report on and I'm so grateful that I was able to hear them coming together and also for the future release of this song. Yeah, keep us posted on that. And, um, and with that, that's our first episode of Seeds the podcast inspired by the 25th anniversary of Seeds of Peace. And we'll be hearing from other creators and entrepreneurs from countries around the world and including here in the United States. And uh, I look forward to more with you, Marissa, soon. Thanks so much, Bilal. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. This has been Seeds, the podcast by Seeds of Peace.